Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, March 2nd. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, an equal pay bill makes it out of committee in the Senate. Plus, the Mississippi Department of Education is playing a role in the census. Then, after bite-sized tech, a Memphis-based band with Mississippi influences comes to town. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is the only state without an equal pay law, but there are several equal pay bills authored by women in the Senate. One by Senator Sally Doty, chair of the Judiciary A Committee, was approved. She tells MPB's Desiree Frazier, Senate Bill 2522 allows a woman to file a complaint in circuit court and possibly recover wages if she's doing the same job as a man but is paid less. There is a federal Equal Pay Act, and most states also have a state Equal Pay Act. And in fact, every state has an Equal Pay Act uh, except Mississippi. So what we passed today is a bill that I filed for a couple of years now, and some other folks have been filing this bill as well, and it allows for a state cause of action. There might be a a certain reason you might not want to go under the uh, federal act. And so this would allow a state court action if you believe you've been discriminated against in, in your pay, if you believe someone of the opposite sex has been paid more than you, um, and there's no reason. Now, you know, certainly there are differences in education, there's differences in experience, uh, all sorts of different classifications. Um, and we want to make sure that uh, employers are protected in this as well, because we know that Mississippi uh, has a lot of small businesses. And and so we want to protect them. So we track the federal language, and we also put a couple of other protections in the bill. We required uh, any lawsuit, you would have to plead the facts with a little more particularity than you normally do to put that um your employer on notice and and let them know really what the problem is. When you say that, what kind of details do you need? I think you need details about the allegation that you're making. You can't just say, oh, there's been a violation of the Mississippi Equal Pay Act. You have to give some factual details. You have to say, you know, employee uh, B, who is a male, has my exact same job title, has the exact same responsibilities, um, and is paid more than I am. Uh, you just have to give some, some details. Is that hard to prove? Is that information hard to even get? 
Uh, I think that information is difficult at times, and I don't think you have to have uh, specifics. You know, uh, it's just some some extra notice in the the pleadings and i think we you know we're getting off into some some technical details that the lawyers will hash out and i'm an attorney as well um but we have notice pleading in mississippi uh which requires just notice not not any detail so i think this requires a few details that 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 employee will have in the overall scheme of things what does this mean to the women of the state I think it's a big statement to the women of this state. Um, In actuality, I think most cases would be brought in federal court under the federal law. But being the only state that did not have an Equal Pay Act, I just... I think it was, we needed to do this. It was time for us to do this in Mississippi. Republican Sally Doty is the Senate Judiciary A chair. Some advocates for working women want changes made to the bill, saying it places too much burden on the victim. Cassandra Welchlin with the Black Women's Roundtable says the bill requires information the Federal Equal Pay Act doesn't, such as documenting education and experience. She tells our Desiree Frazier the federal law focuses on whether the woman is doing the same work as a man, but paid less regardless. In this particular um, bill that Senator Doty introduced, um, you have to prove, you know, your experience and you have to prove your education. And the federal law doesn't even do that because you can't you can't prove it because you're already starting from a place um, of discrimination because of your sex and also because of your race. And so um, this bill adds more burden. When you talk about the federal law, you're saying, how do you bring a suit if you not supposed if you're not supposed to mention your experience or your education you just base it off a of salary i yeah so part of what this um what the federal law um does is skill it's based off you know what are your skill levels um what is the job responsibility um and not so much based on what your education level is um You just can't do that. Um, That's more problematic. Um, One of the things that Sally Doty said today, which um, was, I think, um, completely not right, is that the wage gap is sometimes women make poor choices when it comes to um, their jobs, and that can have an effect on um, what their wages look like. And that's not ad- that's not correct. Uh, what is correct is that uh, we live in a society where women are not paid what they're worth. It's not based on what her choices are. It is based on that we have a system in place that does not value a woman's work, and that has been this the history of the United States, and Mississippi really needs to acknowledge that. Cassandra Welchlin is the Black Women's is with the Black Women's Roundtable. The bill has support from Senate Minority Leader Derek Simmons. I, I, I in fact voted for the bill. Uh, it was the first time in a long time uh, uh, that we were able to get some movement on uh, a bill for equal pay for women for equal work. The Black Women's Roundtable takes exception with that bill. There are other equal pay bills, but they say that this one specifically puts a lot of onus on um, the victims to prove that they did not receive fair wages, and it's stiffer than the federal law. And um, I do 
uh, agree with them uh, in that regard. Uh, I will say that the bill sponsored by Senator Doty, Senate Bill 2522, is quite different than the bill sponsored by Senator Witherspoon and Senator Turner Ford. Um, it's my hope that as the bill moves through the process that we could uh, make the bill uh, that better so it could satisfy all those that, that, that are help, have an interest in the bill. On the federal level, what, what are the ba- basic premises I don't want to really get into a lot of the details between the federal law and and, and the state law, but certainly we don't want to make uh, it harder for Mississippi women to prove that they've been discriminated against when under the federal system uh, those rights already exist, uh, those opportunities exist when when one is discriminated under the uh, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Do you think this bill is going to make it out completely? Well, uh, there's hope. Um, um, there's new leadership in the Senate and under the last administration we were not even able to get any movement on uh, an equal pay uh, bill and so uh, I am I am hopeful uh, that the bill will continue to move and we can get this bill uh, in some form to the House and get the House to consider it and they can do um, their job over there and we can get a bill to the governor and not be the only remaining state in the country that does not value our women for the equal work that they do for uh, as men. Thank you so much, Senator. Thank you. Senator Minority Leader Derek Simmons is from Greenville. Coming up, the Mississippi Department of Education is playing a role in the census. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The Mississippi Department of Education is joining with the U.S. Census Bureau to make sure all students and their families are counted in this year's census. Superintendent of Education Carrie Wright tells MPB's Alexandra Watts communities like the Mississippi Delta will be affected by the count for the next decade. We found out that children are typically the most undercounted um, of of adults and young people across the United States. So uh, we also wanted to have it at a high school in the Delta because we had looked at the data and the Mississippi Delta was a large area that had been undercounted at the last one. Uh, And as you know, uh, we lost a congressman because of it. Uh, And so we dropped from five to four representatives um, in, uh, in Congress. And we wanted children to know the importance of it because it impacts all of their lives. It impacts health, it impacts education, it impacts transportation, uh, the fire service. I mean, everything is impacted by not having an accurate count. So we felt we could use children as uh, leaders and get them in the communities with their families um, and uh, and parents to to really spread the word about how important uh, making sure that everybody is counted. Um, For prior outreach efforts for the last census in 2010, were there efforts at high schools and elementary schools then, or what's kind of changed? I really couldn't speak to that. I've only been here. This is why I'm going into my seventh year, so I really don't know. Uh, We just knew that this was important enough for us to do this. I'm doing another event next week in Noxaby, so we're making sure that we're trying to get the bigger areas that um, were undercounted the last time so that the word can really get out, that every, everybody counts. Yeah, yeah. 
If, you was, if someone were to come up to you and say, well, I'm too young for the census, why does it count for me? What would you tell them? Well, the decisions that are made this time are going to impact you for 10 years. So we've got little ones now that are five years old that are going for the next 10 years to into high school. This decision and making sure that they're counted is going to impact the state for the next 10 years. There's no... There's no calling them up later and saying, oh, my gosh, we missed kids or missed adults. It's everybody's got to count now because when they close the census, that's it then for the next 10 years. And so that's why it's really important that everybody gets counted. Dr. Carrie Wright is the superintendent of education. Andrea Robinson is with the U.S. Census Bureau's Atlanta region, which administers the census in Mississippi. She says children ages five and under are the most likely to be uncounted. It is our hope today that these high school and middle school students will go back and tell their parents, grandparents, whoever is living with them about the census and tell them, hey, mom, hey, dad, hey, grandma, we need you to go when the mail comes with the census invitation to go online or go on the phone and complete the information because we all need to be counted. Another thing about young people Ironically, young people age five and under, from newborns to age five, are among the most undercounted people. The parents don't put, don't put their names on the form. They may leave them off for different reasons, but for some reasons they are not counted. Consequently, the consequences to that, because in 10 years, those same newborns to age five will be between 11 and 15, they will be in middle school and high school, and they are going to need services for them. But if their numbers are not there, the money that would help them is not going to be there either. So a lot of communities miss out on millions, literally millions of dollars over the next 10 years because people were not counted. And can you explain some of the changes that are coming to the 2020 census with it being more online? How does this differ from 2010? Well, 2010, it was tra- the traditional way for most people. The form came in the mail. We asked. The census count is used to distribute billions of dollars in federal funding for programs that help children have access to quality education resources, health care, food assistance, and housing support. Coming up after Bite Size Tech, a Memphis-based band with Mississippi influences comes to town. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. Netflix got rid of that thing that you hate. Apple did some shady stuff to force you to get a new iPhone, and France has had enough. And keyless entry is about to take a significant step forward. I'm Jay White, and here is this week's Bite Size Tech. A website called 9to5Mac has found that Apple's iOS 13.4 contains references to an application called CarKey. The program will allow iPhone and Apple Watch users to lock, unlock, and start their cars from their device. 
Car Key works with Apple Wallet, so it does not require user authentication, which means the key or your device will work even if the device's battery is dead. And in what is actually the low-key best feature about Car Key is that you can send that key to family or friends via an Apple Wallet app invite. Apple has not identified what car manufacturers they'll be working with to launch Car Key, and it's a pretty safe bet that Google will be along shortly with an Android version of the same technology. Apple has been slapped with another hefty fine in the wake of sort of admitting to intentionally slowing down the performance of older model iPhones. The French General Directorate for Competition Policy, Consumer Affairs and Fraud Control, you know, the old FGDCPCAFC, loosely translated, hammered Apple with a 25 million euro fine for updating millions of iPhones with new software that throttles the performance of older models. The um, directorate noted that iPhone users were not informed that the updates put the throttling in motion and would almost assuredly have lower performance, likely moving them to consider buying a new phone or, as they put it, quote-unquote, misleading commercial practice by omission. Apple says that the feature was just designed to prevent unexpected shutdowns as the older batteries degraded over time. The feature remains on iPhones, but as of iOS 11.3, you can now manually turn the feature off. In addition to the 25 million euros in French fines, Apple has faced a 5 million euro fine in Italy, an investigation from the U.S. Department of Justice, class action lawsuits, and has now instituted a battery replacement program. Finally, Netflix showed that it's not too big to still listen to the audience. The streaming giant announced that you can now disable one of the program's most maligned quirks, the auto preview. You know, that thing where you're browsing a specific show or movie, and if you've looked at it for more than 0.1 seconds, the video trailer begins automatically playing and playing at a Def Leppard plays the Coast Coliseum level. Now you can disable that. All you need to do is log into your Netflix account on a web browser and then from the menu, select Manage Profiles, then select the profile you'd like to update, and then in the Autoplay Controls section, uncheck the option to Autoplay Previews while browsing on all devices. Netflix themselves even poked a little fun with the announcement of the new feature, saying, quote, some people find this feature helpful, others not so much. We've heard the feedback (laughs) loud and clear. For more tech news, fixes, insight, and more, listen to MPB's Everyday Tech. The show is on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the MPB Public Media app, which is free in the iTunes and Google Play Store. And the show airs live Wednesdays at 10, right here on MPB Think Radio. contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think "Eh, maybe i'll try it myself some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it if you want to find out how to do those things listen to fix it 101 podcast everywhere this is mississippi edition on mpb think radio i'm karen brown And that is Memphis-based band Lucero. For over 20 years now, Lucero and lead singer and songwriter Ben Nichols have been tapping into the Southern experience to craft a style that is a fusion of classic rock and roll and country funk. Tapping into local literary influences and inspired by the might of the Mississippi River, Nichols' songs offer up tales of longing, searching, and old-fashioned revelry. He shares it all with our Michael Guidry. started off writing songs just from a very kind of, I don't know, emotional, very personal place. But if you're not careful, uh, sometimes those songs can 
uh, end up sounding, uh, I don't know, uh, a little hollow. The short story writers uh, were very inspirational. I'd, I'd read some Larry Brown in a short story class in college. Um, and so that just kind of all, it got me even more interested in, in, in him and other writers kind of in his vein. Um, and yeah, I tried to incorporate some of what they were doing just to give a, I don't know, just to try to work on the song writing as a craft um, and try to actually um, maybe step outside of my my own world and try to incorporate some more, uh, I don't know, some some bigger ideas maybe and some better ways of writing. If you want to get better at writing, you, you look to the good writers. Well, you've been doing this for over 20 years now. How have how have you changed personally, and then how have those personal changes affected the the way you write and your approach to writing? Yeah, I guess uh, the songs are definitely influenced by uh, where I am personally, for sure. Uh, as much as uh, as much as I'd like to look outside of myself, uh, when it comes down to it, the spark of every song um, is usually something that's personal to me in one way or another. Um, and so, yeah. The band's been together for over 20 years, and uh, yeah, I'm a different man at 45 than I was at 25. One of the ways you can really see that is with the the latest album, uh, Among the Ghosts. That was the first record I'd written since since I'd gotten married and had a daughter. And yeah, family ended up being a much bigger part of that record uh, than I was expecting even. But it's a... it was a good thing. I really like where that record ended up. Um, it was nice to write songs about something other than bars and failed relationships and whiskey. Uh, it was nice to have a different source of material for once. We sometimes think, like to think that, that Memphis reflects Mississippi more than it does the rest of Tennessee, but that's up for debate. Um, but it, it's a city on the Mississippi River, the mighty Mississippi. Uh, and the river, at least in some of your earlier work, is a reoccurring character and we see that a lot in great southern writing whether it's songwriting whether it's things like twain what is it about right. the river that makes it such a powerful literary tool man i think just because it's such a powerful physical presence and force um and for me living so close to it uh for so many years and or you know driving across it back and forth between arkansas and, and tennessee and just having that right there kind of at your fingertips and watching the, you know, watching the barges go up and down it and then watching, you know, gigantic trees get sucked underneath the water, having the mud stuck to your boots, which I think might be a line in one of our songs um, about the Mississippi mud and just actually having that mud on your, stuck on your boots. It's inspirational just because it's such a, a major force. Uh, and, and there aren't, you don't come across those every day necessarily, but um, when you live next to something like that, it's uh, it's going to seep into your work one way or another. You seem to have uh, this gravity towards these war ballads. Why tell those stories? On a personal level, I was uh, always fascinated by my dad's father, who I never really got to know very well. I, he died when I was twelve, but but he'd been um, he went to World War Two as a young man and maybe it's cause I didn't ever get to know him or, uh, I don't know. I was just always fascinated, um, 
kind of with his life and his story and uh, put together a story for him that, uh, I don't know, I thought might come close to representing some of what he'd been through. And that song is called The War. And that's kind of where uh, he was definitely kind of the catalyst uh, that, that made me want to tell his story. And I, and I sing that song about my granddad uh, almost every night. Pretty much every Lucero show it gets played because I don't know. I, I'm always I, I always think there might be a, somebody that just got back from overseas that might want to hear it, and that's often the case. Ben Nichols, lead singer for Memphis band Lucero, they'll be at the Soul Kitchen Music Hall in Mobile on Monday, Dueling Hall in Jackson on Tuesday, the Varsity Theater in Baton Rouge on Wednesday, and the Saturn in Birmingham on Thursday. Ben, thank you so much for sharing some stories and sharing your, your craft with us. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much for talking to me. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Deep South Dining. Then at 10, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online by visiting mpbonline.org. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.